0: Megan, did you do all your vocal exercises?
1: I'm ready to pod and cast.
0: Oh, nice! Oh,
2: it's pretty
0: good.
2: i tonight on Rogue Podrin. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they come from? Oh fuck, they're all traumatized now. Oh, oh no! <laughs> do you want me to Hello? sing it?
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, could that be our intro music this week?
3: I have a banjo. Don't test me, Danny. I'll do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they say as if it's a threat that I don't want more than anything. Yeah, like, right I I want a
4: like- banjo? <laughs> how do
2: we test you? Is it is it that kind of way where we're like we have to be like, well, I don't think Ash can actually do it. Yeah, and then you yeah. get
0: like the chord structure for Cotton Eye Joe is too complex. Ash could never pull that off. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. If it hadn't been forgotten, I too. had been married long time ago. Where did you come from?
2: Where did you go? Where did you come from? God, you. This is Rogue Leader, all wings report in.
0: Rogue six, standing by.
2: Rogue seven, standing by.
5: Rogue
0: nine, standing by. Go?
2: Come from? Can I do? <laughs> Hello, listeners. Welcome <laughs> to season twenty, mission ten, episode one hundred and sixty-three of Rogue Padron. Tonight oh, we'll be doing an alphabet squadron state of the squadron. It's been so long since we've had a squadron to do a state for, <laughs> <laughs> and now we are
0: doing it. <laughs> Today's Wait, state what, what? Of the squadron like is the state of misery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
3: it's not like we were going to do a state of the squadron for like dark empire there's no squadron there is no squadron oh, there
0: is and no, we will there. Not- instead we played <laughs> fuck Mary kill <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it was great it was great and then <laughs> it was largely kill 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 i mean that's because we did eat pray love um yeah that's what i do we like eat, pray, and we were love. all very that's
0: hungry life. apparently we were Heath that was, was weird time. hungry
2: anyway that was really weird <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have an episode last week so here's a quick reminder of our hosts if Danny, Rogue Six, was a avocado-based food, they would be avocado fries because they are soft on the inside and crunchy on the outside in the best way. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, agreed. <laughs> but also, thank you for saying nice it's things. A thing? But also, what the yeah, fuck?
2: Yeah, it is a thing. You, like, make <laughs> avocado slices and then you batter no, them. The millennials have them. gone
0: too far. They must be stopped.
2: <laughs> no, I kind of want this. I, wanna,
0: I would try it. This distressing, but I mean, I try, I'd
5: try
3: anything once. To but... be fair, avocado
5: that's on, on fries, avocado on fries is delicious. So I could see this working. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Just
0: cut Saf, out the middle person.
2: Saf Rogue Seven would be avocado toast, uh, because I feel like she makes boomers the most angry with her life choices. <laughs> I fucking love some Evo toast. Ash Rogue Nine is the avocado. <laughs> they can make many different wonderful things.
5: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's yeah, so that's good. right. The Ashokado. It
5: is I, the Ashokado.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's your band name. Ashokado. Ashokado and the Moodle Nudes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Keith Rothree will not be joining us tonight because he never read any of these books. he be <laughs> guacamole because he's not too complex, aka very simple, and also great at parties. Yeah. So instead, so, but better... We have a very special (laughs) guest joining us tonight, Megan from Den of Geek, who would be an avocado sushi roll because she's just as quintessential to the discussion about Star Wars as an avocado roll is to sushi menus. Oh, thank you. Also, I love avocado sushi.
1: Also, shout out to Heath. I appreciate
5: your spot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. The rest of you, like, we've been threatening for many, many seasons now to replace our hosts that don't read, do their homework, with someone that does do their homework. So we we'll finally you follow it. through on it.
1: You know. Of all my many accomplishments, the one I can be sure that I actually believe in, rather than just lying up awake at night wondering whether I've been a fraud all along, is that I do do the reading. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Hell yeah. Yeah, whenever you when if you feel imposter syndrome, just be like, oh yeah, one of the hosts of Road Budget doesn't read the books. Yeah, <laughs> whenever you <go laughs> feel like, imposter syndrome, just be like, at least
3: I'm not here. <laughs> See, you guys are Look, making it really hard for me to be polite to
1: Heath
5: right now. It's okay. It's okay. He we <laughs> knows we love him. He has, we have have a polite, he has a beautiful child. He's a beautiful child and a beautiful wife.
0: So he, we yeah. can make as much fun of him as we want. Meg, Megan <laughs> just said the phrase "be polite to Heath." What does that mean?
5: Yeah. I don't
3: understand.
1: Mm, I have to get into up to rogue spot, rogue speed.
5: Yeah. So I'll get there. I'll yeah, get yeah. there. We're throwing because, the because like in, by the end of the episode, we don't.
2: Yeah, I'll be real mean, mean by, by the, the end. end. We don't need to be nice to Heath because somehow the new father is the member of Rogue Padron who gets the most sleep. Yeah. So We all hate him. Anyway, (laughs) love you, Heath. You're not going to listen to this. It doesn't matter. (laughs) And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be an avocado smoothie, of which I actually have one, uh, with boba because it sounds not right, but it's actually very good. (laughs) With boba? yeah because you get them at bubble tea places
5: when i visit we you gotta you gotta give me one to try well i don't mean you gotta give me one to try you gotta bully me into trying it because it sounds kind of scary
2: um dinner leader will take us to this boba place yes okay
5: dinner leader can have a glistening body for that i guess a glistening avocado smoothie with boba
2: (laughs) um i don't i really want to go off topic but i won't
5: (laughs) (laughs) what have have you not had boba I have had boba, but I've never had an avocado smoothie. Okay. I've also never had boba in a smoothie.
1: Hmm. I um, really enjoy iced boba tea that you can get around here. Now we're off topic again,
5: but yeah, I like I like right. it's milk tea with boba. That stuff's good.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. similar consistency. So yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. Anyway, my off topic was I've been re-listening to Rogue Padron, and I'm on the I, Jedi season. <laughs> <laughs> which, which. Uh that is the season in which Dinner Leader and I had officially started dating. And there's yeah. a very How clear apropos. there's a very clear <laughs> part where like all beforehand in like Courtship Prince Leia season, the race squadron books, like all of us are like, Oh, that was a great like response, Dinner Leader, <laughs> to like the glister questions and stuff. And then suddenly in uh, I Jedi Padre episode two when we get to the glistener questions and his response like all three of you are just like well that was a disappointing response very <laughs> adequate
4: and just like
2: we never mentioned in the episode that we started dating it was just suddenly suddenly we're did dinner later. yeah
0: <laughs> I feel like the the Forever Festival is right around there, too. So we had been hanging out in person a lot right around there, and you probably were talking a lot about dinner later. We were like, oh, we're so sick of you. Yeah, we were making fun of (laughs) the episode.
2: It was the episode right before, because Solo came out that weekend. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I'm so glad Star Wars fans are always going to remember my Forever Festival date as the weekend after Solo's (laughs) premiere.
5: Honestly, I forgot about Solo being then, because (laughs) the Forever Festival (laughs) just fucking obliterated it from my mind happy to help happy to help yeah thank you thank you also yeah it was a great festival
0: thank you thank you we actually just went today because we are it wasn't actually because it's a coincidence my mom is in town but we actually went back to where forever festival took place and hung out in the beer garden all afternoon i just got back and it was really lovely and we noticed that it is very close to the three ever festival date so um that was kind of sweet it was a three no three it's not that there's three of us it's three years oh Oh, it's yeah. Okay, makes so, also, Still, just the two of us. I was like, is there, is there another exactly. person
5: that I don't
3: know? <laughs> so speaking of three ever festivals, I have a question about
2: Star Wars. Good yes, right. good. Yeah. I'm ready for whatever this question.
3: Is. Um, actually every week I do this. Every week I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I need to the now Star." Now you know, Danny's strong of
2: the grand the tradition. Can I ask the question? Yeah. If we're true. talking about three ever festivals, who would your ideal thruple be? In the Star Wars universe,
0: are you a participant or like you want to see these three characters?
2: You want to see these three characters in oh.
0: universe. Okay, yeah. that's harder. Din, yeah, Boba Fett, and
2: Fennec Shand. Yes.
5: Yes. Okay.
3: I'm kind of surprised how fast that came to my brain. We're Look,
5: I'm it. here for that. I have um. We're going for it. Two, one's somewhat a joke. One's very more real. Um. I've already forgotten what the real one was. Oh, the real one's Finn Ray Rose. Um, <laughs> the least serious one is Chess Quell and Kairos. I think that's a very like that's serious, serious one. one. That has everything. Yeah. I mean, it's just the idea of Chess and Kairos together is very funny. But also, it would be a great ship.
3: You know, I I'm feel like Ch- I feel like the the Chess Kairos Quell Polycule would be like. Chas and Chass and Quell are dating, and Kairos and Quell are dating. Yeah, it's a V, yeah. not a true, yes. not a true thruple. But like Chas and uh, uh, Kairos just
2: have kind of like a working
5: relationship. <laughs> <They're just> like, <laughs> they both love
2: to they, go out but, and shoot things up sometimes. They would bond they. over whenever Quell makes them mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my ideal thruple would be Wedge and hmm Admiral Akbar mm-hmm. and another Wedge A No. <laughs> what about like Akbar's wife? Like the fake wedge
0: from A New Hope.
2: I would say. Mm, oh, that'd be so mean to him. Clone wedge <laughs> with two E's. Weege. Yeah. Weege. <laughs> Weege. <laughs> and also Weege. Well, okay, never mind. Ouija. or Weege. <laughs> I actually can't see them. I can't see Akbar with like in an actual triad with anybody like he would be with winter and then he would be with wedge but like wedge and winter wouldn't necessarily be together but like wedge tycho and wiz i think yeah that's
5: a good that's a good trio yeah no. <laughs> what's the other guy's name hobby <laughs> hobby yeah hobby <laughs> is just not included yeah
2: hobby stayed in wiz but like not the other two <laughs> And hobby's just like, I don't want anything to do with that. He's like, how did Wiz get two (laughs) other boyfriends? He's the charming. He's the darling one. (laughs) That's why.
1: I have high Republic on the brain. So my brain immediately went to Avar,
5: Elzar, and Stellan, even though Mm. we haven't really met Stellan yet. Yes, I love that.
0: Yeah, it's a quality one.
5: That's good. Whenever I'm reminded of Avar and Elzar, I'm just like... I just... Love they that. make me feel feelings. They make me feel so much feeling.
0: <laughs> um, I'm gonna go to resistance and say, um, Kaz, Tam, and Sonara.
2: Yes. Oh, I yes. Like that. Yeah. I'm here for that totally.
0: And Niku yeah, you know. really, like us by for game days, and then when they're like about to start getting into it, to me, he's like,
2: "All right, see you next week." <laughs>
0: <He> <laughs> very happily waves and and pieces out.
2: Yeah. And then the well in the middle of things, Seebs comes in and Seebs like, we have worked in it! <laughs> <laughs> Stop fooling around. We have a job.
5: <laughs> uh, speaking of having jobs and not fooling around, it's time for a stay of a squadron. <laughs>
2: Great. <laughs> that definitely um, is all of us.
5: Yep uh so today we're talking about the squadron obviously um and we're gonna go over some of the main characters obviously uh and kind of just discuss who they were where they came from where they goed, um... <laughs> <laughs> um and also how we feel about them in general because there are some there are certainly some feelings about these characters
3: where did he come from where did he go where did he come from Catboy boy's <laughs> <laughs>
2: Catman, Catman, for Catman.
0: That's Colonel Fucko Bucko Catman, sword keys to you. Thank you very much. It's too many
5: syllables, Danny. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the Fucko Bucko on the notes. Hang on. <laughs>
2: Can't forget his official title.
5: Can't forget his official title. Um, okay.
3: I feel like Fucko Bucko works for pretty much any Imperial Grandma Fucko Bucko Tarkin. my
0: <laughs> oh, God, it does work.
3: It does work. That's
0: a, that's a good one, actually. Darth Fucko Bucko
3: Vader. Director Fucko Bucko Krennic. <laughs>
0: <Like>, Admiral <laughs> Fucko Bucko Hux. Yeah, that was his real
5: name. We finally <laughs> got
0: Fuckso Buckso Huxo. Yep, yeah, you're doing great there, Danny. Thank you.
5: <laughs> so, first, let's start off with the pilots. Uh, and obviously, Erica Quell, the, <laughs> the fucked up girl who's kind of like the main character, at least in the first book and also in the second book. And I guess in the third, third book,
1: book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's definitely the main character.
0: Yeah, you yeah. made I a was strong like, case for her being a main character in all three books.
5: Yeah, I was like, it's an ensemble, and I thought about more, and I was like, no, she's the main character. She is <laughs> the, the main, main character. Made my way through the books. That was definitely the main character. The main character. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: we first... great.
5: it's going great. I'm going. I'm going great. Um, I slept so much last night. I wish. Um, we meet her first, in therapy, of all places. Which is- She's really going to set the tone for the rest of yeah. Quill's character arc. In therapy, we- she is in fact lying <laughs> about her past <laughs> and about Necronis, uh, which she participated in the Operation of, and that is when she deserted totally of free will from the Empire. Um, they were quote Maxi that nobody can see because it was not her choice. But she still left and she found her way to trade her some moss and eventually Adan it's been a while since I've read the first book so I'm doing my best here eventually Adan um brings her in to help him out with shadowing because she was in shadowing and she's also like very broken um and he thinks that he can use that also (laughs) he knows that she was part of shadowing and was part of cinder so he can use that to blackmail her, which kind of sucks for her, but it's also a great for her because she gets to have traitors remorse, and, and also continues her work with a the therapy droid. And eventually, she becomes part of Alphabet Squadron, which is a dance working group. And she tries her best. Honestly, that's all I can say. Is she tries her. Meg's shaking her head. She tries her best. Meg. <laughs> Does she though? <laughs>
0: It was her Her best based off of the tools that her Imperial training had given her, (laughs) which included never ever socialize with your squadron under any circumstances ever, no matter whatever.
1: And I do feel like what if your best isn't great is one of the thesis, the theses of this series. Yeah. We finally get therapy in Star Wars and it's for the people who absolutely need it most and will take to it the least.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so oh, weird really having like an intelligent up. voice on this podcast. Can you say more about that thesis, Megan?
1: No. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I do have more things to say about Quell though. Oh no, go for it. Well yeah, um,
0: you like you particularly had like a strong emotional reaction to this character like throughout the books, didn't you?
1: Yeah. So um I there are two things that were pointed out in the third book that one of which is mentioned really briefly earlier, and one of which was like never mentioned at all that i kind of wanted to talk about because they're not talked about very much which is that one in the third book her old friend girlfriend her person she knew um yes i think mentions yeah. that she quell has a brittle bone condition from growing up in low gravity which is never brought up anywhere else in the Yeah. Series. so i just wanted to like you all noticed that that was never brought up anywhere else, right?
5: <laughs> I think it was like hinted at at some point, but it wasn't until Frosty's was that that was like, oh, that explains why she's constantly breaking.
2: <laughs> well, but also, like, she actually also just legitimately kept getting her ass kicked. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was didn't hard. Seem out of the realm of normal exactly. breaking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, knowing that she was like kind of always. Malnourished, gaunt, didn't sleep. Like, of course, her bones are breaking when, like, a huge dude picks her up and, like, there's explosions. And it, we're like, yeah, makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. It's war. So, but the fact that she's more brittle than the people around her is extremely metaphorical and very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: She's like so metaphorically well. <laughs> and literally brittle. <laughs> yes. A
0: little on the
1: nose. And so, the other thing that's mentioned in books, I believe it's one and three, are that she, um, there's no, she claws at her own skin. She tends to pick at wounds and that's like, uh, if you have that to a debilitating degree, essentially that's a real condition called excoriation, which is almost never included in like mental health conversations because it's messy, it's real messy. And um, I liked that it was here, you know, this doesn't go into detail about, the extent of it or any detail about it, except that it's something that she does and I you really never see it in media, except if you see and also, and this is you all know this, this is true of Star Wars characters with scars are typically villains. Um, so the fact that Quill had this and was such like a complicated protagonist um, was one of many reasons why I, t- I got attached to her so much.
5: Yeah, it was one of those things where I read the first book and I loved her but didn't relate to her a huge amount and then when I went back to the trilogy later on I was like, oh no, now I really relate to Quell that uh, that doesn't seem like a good character progression for me
1: I relate to Quell a lot less at the end of the trilogy than I did at the (laughs) beginning which I think is growth for me
5: Yeah We grew in the opposite direction
1: (laughs) Oh no! I stole Saf's uh, mental stability and
5: used my own powers It's fine, you can have it Honestly, it's fine
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate you pointing that out, though, because like, I feel like there are so many things like both of these points you raised, Megan, are things that I could read and and not stop to think twice about because in my brain, it's just like, oh, those are more examples towards Quell being like a very fragile human. And this is evidence towards that. But like that, these are sort of there are real world comparisons and, and um, to both of these conditions that are that are brought up in ways that we don't see a lot in popular media. I really appreciate, you know, sort of um, highlighting that and thinking about that as a part of her character rather than just like a symptom of the fact that she's messed up from her trauma
1: yeah and guess the other thing i like about this series and is that um and this we can use this to transition to something else if we want to but because it's true of other characters (laughs) as well as quell but this isn't one of those stories where like the men can get like muddy and physically dirty and the women are like immaculate even though they've like stepped through dirt and war zones it's there's a there's a sentence in particular where quell's clothes are encrusted with dirt sweat and blood and it was like finally like it it was often a thing with Mara Jade, if I recall, and it's definitely <laughs> been a thing in like other parts of Star Wars, where part of showing how cool a woman is is that she just like has an invisible beauty force field around her that makes nothing touch her. And this book did not do that, and I deeply appreciate that about it. And Chass and Kairos are also like included, and in, they're they're messy and gross
3: and real in that way, you know. Yeah, Mara Jade always had the like. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm going to wear a skin-tight catsuit and look perfect all
2: of the time. <laughs> I definitely remember her having that problem. Yeah, <sighs> and they kind of played it off as, like, the Force. And it's like, yeah, no.
4: <laughs>
2: oh, the <laughs> no, this Force is, just is misogynistic sexism. as well?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Force is misogynistic. That's a good take. The
5: force, the force hates men, actually, which is why they get dirty. <laughs>
1: I said um, when I was on Aaron's, uh, Aaron and Teresa's Star Wars Bookworms podcast, I meant to say that the series was um, misanthropic and instead said it was misandrist by accident, (laughs) but I'm still kind of willing to keep going with the take that it hates men, I guess,
3: (laughs) It doesn't
2: no, because Will
0: see, Lark it, is also it here. Like yeah. It
2: doesn't
3: like men. It
2: doesn't <laughs> like men.
3: It doesn't like women either. No. <laughs> it's like anthropic. The first
1: word was actually yeah. you were right. Was actually correct.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think genderless bug creatures are the only ones that made it out unscathed, right?
5: Yeah. It's not bug. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's not a bug. Get <laughs> to that. She's He's a,
5: little she bit has like a, a chrysalis.
2: Sap. <laughs> she's a little bit like a bug. Doesn't make her not. She's not like a full bug. She's not like a vratrix. She's not. In
0: she, a she has a chitinous shell. Well, the
2: question like, is, she's not not also got skin underneath it, Danny. And
0: an exoskeleton. So do
5: like bugs. And it, never it, sees, you never see it. Literally peel. never
0: sees that she's exoskeleton.
1: Erin <laughs> and I also argued about this because there's a metaphor where it talks about her being a butterfly in a cocoon, but it's metaphorical. But it's I think it doesn't.
3: She straight up have a chrysalis
5: though. Isn't that no? It's it's a metaphorical chrysalis. Pursuits and a metaphorical chrysalis? Does she have an exoskeleton? She does not have an exoskeleton. Danny form. just made that Am up. She does idiot? not. Just Danny, you made chitin, though. Danny, show me where in this book is his exoskeleton. Not a not no, chitin
1: is an insect. She could be a crustacean.
5: I don't yeah, say insect. Crustacean. I just say
1: insectoid. Wait, wait,
3: wait, are you saying Kairos could be a crab? <laughs> she's saying, a crab.
2: It's going
3: through carcinization. That's exactly it. is an insect. See, this is why Megan's here. I'm glad you, you should get it I- A crab's not an insect, that sounds fake
0: <laughs> A crab is a type of insect Crabs are too cool
1: They're the animal expert, I believe them honestly
5: uh... Hey Google Oh no, Google's dead um... <laughs> I killed her Saf has killed Google
3: Finally killed her. Didn't Only our Spookle
2: on will reign Google <laughs> will
3: Fuck you Meg <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> so by the end of the book, Quell has learned to move past it. Which honestly, good work, her. It did take her being um, tortured by Sith Tower and also Edo, but she got there.
2: And like cradling a Don dying, in yeah. her. watching her mentor
5: die, she went through her time, but she made it out. Rough, buddy. Yeah, she made it out. And she got to fly again, which was really from the start was kind of what all she wanted was to fly. So I'm happy for her.
0: So we were, like, super mad at Erica Quell like, 92% of the time. Not the way that her squadron was mad at her, um, but we were mad at her. And I'm, like, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have an answer for this myself. But, like, looking back, you know, the way that... Especially her actions in the first half of Book 3, where she, like, went, quote-unquote, deep undercover, back with Shadowing and then came back to the um, Alphabet Squadron. But, like, when she went deep undercover, she went, like, deep, you know? But, like... Was that all necessary, do we think, now, in retrospect? Or was some of our anger with her being, like, so extreme about her (laughs) undercoverness justified? I think a lot of
5: it was us having, like, outside information of, like, or at least the knowledge that this is a book trilogy that's in Star Wars and obviously, like, like her her team would actually, like, care about her and want to help her and stuff like that. And also because we get things like Nat's point of view on, like, I should have tried more to help her Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff, is we have outside knowledge, whereas for her... The only she's never had like a family that cares about her she's been in shadowing which is like deep loyalty but not care pretty much um
2: there's a difference
5: there is a difference and she thinks that no matter what she's not going to get justice which is a large theme of this book like with soren case um so for her it's hard to not fall back into those loyalty things as well but yeah i think a lot of it is. I mean, I wasn't as mad as you because as soon as I realized she wasn't actually like committed to shadowing, I was like, okay, good. I was right. She's not, she didn't just go back to them. Um, but it's kind of like part of whole reading at the time. I think you are meant to feel mad about her choices because mm-hmm. they're questionable the choices whole, whether or not she does it. The whole
3: thing is like, you know that Alphabet because you get it from their perspective. You know that like Alphabet and Hera care about Quell, but Quell probably doesn't think that, right? Yes. Like she just she probably thinks that probably because of her shadowing kind of upbringing that like they were just her coworkers. They don't really care about her. And it isn't until like she comes back, I guess that maybe she realizes that they do. Yeah. When Hera, hugs maybe her after that. Yeah. Hera. Yeah. I think upbringing
1: Ugh. is a good word for that because I don't want to like infantilize or like apologize for the fact that she just stood there while they were destroying planets. But I do feel like she had a very, parent-child relationship with keys and there are some key moments where you can see her kind of realizing that he's not a good dad <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, uh,
0: so yes. a dad in star wars
5: right <laughs> it's like i i've been watching she again and there's a bit in an episode i watched recently where scorpia i'm so sorry everyone where scorpia uh finally realizes that catra has actually been a piece of shit to her the whole time and looks at her and says oh it's so good you're a bad friend
2: and Quell kind of does oh, that to Keys so as well. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. It's great.
0: It's a great moment. That, uh, you um, do not apologize. That's a fantastic comparison. That is
2: <laughs> yeah. an, such a good moment. Oh,
5: my God. Yeah, it's a great moment. And Quell kind of has that as well, especially when we're in there, they're in the ties of a chorus. And, but yeah, like, I think her relationship with Keyes is a big reason she goes back, partly. Like, because she... Oh, my God, Spud. Scream at my door. Um, <laughs> Spudding? I think, like, it's... The thing
3: that makes the thing that really interests me about Alphabet Squadron is like when you when you try to like think of like Star Wars, you think you know, like like something like Rogue One, right? Where like they are a family by the end of it, right? Baze is like to Jin, you're my little sister. Jin and Cassian are willing to like die for each other. And there's that kind of in the end, they're like, okay, these people have like changed each other's lives for the better kind of thing. And I always kind of appreciated the Alphabet Squadron wasn't really like that that it wasn't like instant like okay we're a squad with the rebellion and we're like family now instantly
0: you know i like baggage and trauma that like yeah came into play for a long period of time before they got there
3: yeah it wasn't like rebels right where it's like okay we've adopted this jedi kid and now we're all gonna go on a ship and go on event you know there was like Everybody had their kind of own baggage to bring to the table. And in the end, it's not like they all like settled down and live next door to each other or something. It's like a couple people stayed, what, Quell and Jass stayed together. But like Nath went off doing Nath things and Will is off doing his own thing and Kairos is Kairos. And, <laughs> you know, like I always kind of liked that it was not the traditional kind of Star Wars, quote unquote, family in a way. I just felt found family baited. <laughs> yeah, true. I did
1: I mean, too. I think the ending in particular is a really great example of how this series continues to upset us in new and exciting ways because instead <laughs> of killing everyone as we all predicted and almost almost hoped for in in a bloodthirsty corner of our hearts, it's like everyone is happy and that's weird. Or everyone is like normal, everyone is like mundane yeah. and that itself is means something. Um I was thinking about kind of what does that mean because there's part of me that was really unhappy with how happy the ending was and had to sort of like unpack that. There are parts of it, I don't know, now jumping ahead, is that okay? Like um, I love Quell's ending, how happy she is, but also the um, this was not going to be a book about the glory of war, right? This wasn't going to be a book about noble sacrifice and I think that's one of the things that having it end the way it did does is make it so it's not a, wow, we were noble because we were warriors. It's we're people and the nobility we have, we clawed out from a universe that's kind of ambivalent to us. Yeah.
3: I guess I'll talk about it when we eventually like get to Hera too, but that's kind of the case for all of the characters, even like the war heroes. Th- this book is not one that like glorifies like even Hera is straight up like, I wanna go home to my child. (laughs) Like, I think I've been through this and it's not like being like, oh, I'm gonna work for the Republic for the rest of my life or something. Like none of the characters have that kind of thing that maybe you'd expect. That it end, like, we're going to go work for the New Republic. It's like, no, Will's off doing his own thing. Yeah. Everyone, you know.
0: Yeah. And I think that that is part of what I, like, kind of opposite of you, Megan, where I was, like, hold, clenching my fist the entire time, just, like, waiting for the pain and just, like, holding me on home for a happy ending. And then the ending not being that perfect, like... You want all five of them sitting around the table like cheersing to a, a war well fought at the end, right? Like that, but but thinking on it more and more, like I love the ending so much. How many of us had like a group of friends in college or high school where like on graduation day, you say we're all going to hang out together every week for the rest of time. Like it's going to be great or like once a year we're going to be and like never since that day has that entire group all been back together. Maybe you see like two or three of them here or there. You know, you keep up with some people, you have falling outs with other. It's just it's so real and I love that he didn't like, he was able to to do that sort of like, it's a happy ending, but also it's, it's not the happy ending and it's a real happy ending.
2: Yeah, I think part of the, um, at the end of it feeling so, I think my feeling of like, kind of the, not let down, but just kind of this, this is how it ends, um, kind of feeling is partially, I think very much looking at what we as a nation, um, as America, and also what the world is going through right now with like, um, you know, our presidential election uh, with COVID, with everything, with like racial injustice uprisings um, and everything like that. And it's like, we have gone through this hugely traumatic experience and how do you return to your normal life after that and just this kind of like man it might have been easier if we all died <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well that's maybe exactly chas's thing right yeah that's like maybe Chass's... that's my depression talking but like yeah like what exactly what Chass is afraid of um but like right how do you like even Will, best case scenario Will, who got to go home, who got to be the old Srivanka shelter lead, who like was actually doing very well in like, I'm gonna try to heal, I'm gonna try to get back on my feet, I'm gonna stick to my like, morals and now i'm a senator and i'm leading this huge project that like i really believe in and is like my way of fighting but like still has this kind of irreparable sadness to him and it's just really easy to i'm getting really emotional it's just really easy to see uh that like for us going back to like our quote-unquote normal lives and knowing that, like, we are still going to have this deep-seated like trauma to it is just really. Whew. I I didn't really come here for a good time, Alexander free. <laughs> didn't want a real time. <laughs> this is. I didn't want a real time.
3: <laughs> it's so like per- the thing. I thought I was still muted sorry the thing that like gets <laughs> me is it's so like profoundly sad in a different way than Star Wars has really ever been before to me that's because the first, like
1: glory that's why they hire him
3: yeah because yeah. like is- Rogue One is sad but at the end of the day it and the last thing Cassian says to Jin is like your father would have been proud of you there's like resolution there and they're dying you know how the story ends right you know that the plans get there and they blow up the Death Star Um, Sorry, I just have Rogue One on the brain. I apologize, but (laughs) I mean, that's fitting.
0: It's a fair comparison. Yeah, Yeah.
3: but this is different. It like hits completely different.
0: I I guess, I mean, we all rate it differently, no? but I I still feel like it ends on a note of hope. and, And again, like a little bit of more realistic hope in that I think I think Nath Tenzin probably is the most hopeless ending of at least of our main five. Well, like, for, the other like the four, thing is, for
5: him, it's not like he's doing what he wants to do. Right, and even for I him, mean, like so in that, that way,
0: like I look at that and I I, I feel sadness, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't give me much hope. But like for the other four, like it's they all find endings where they're able to, you know, reconcile with that trauma while also sort of acknowledging the reality that it's going to continue to play in their you know, for the rest of the, like like Chas got over the cult stuff to some degree, but clearly. Not like there was still religious paraphernalia, you know, that was alluded to, um, hanging around, and clearly had an alcohol problem that now she was not dealing well with. But like you know, it just kind of shows that there is that progress, there is that growth, that is, you know, it is possible for all of our characters to to move forward in some way, shape, or form. I don't know.
1: I did find that. Quell's ending was relatively hopeful in that it was her flying because she talks a lot mm-hmm. about flying for pleasure like as a hobby mm-hmm. so and also just one of my favorite things in like media in general and Star Wars in particular is when someone does a big cool swoopy spaceship move and they go woo and you as the, as the audience are like woo and <laughs> you have and also like Obviously, this is not like a pressing social matter, but the person who gets that is usually a man. Ray got Mm -hmm. it in the sequels, and I was just like, awesome. Here is like a lady having fun flying a spaceship, and that's all I need. Um, so the fact that Quell got that ending was really was really satisfying. I was still a bit shell-shocked by the the whole circumstances, but I love that she got to do what she loves and that it was also a separation between the idea of flying for war and flying for fun
4: mm-hmm.
1: like the thing that helped her through that like true like transition back to normalcy was this hobby that she loved her whole life yeah,
0: yeah. such an interesting like, thing to think about too that her her ptsd her trauma didn't come from like the flying the act of flying itself is not part of what her uh war trauma comes from you know and again, I think it just speaks to the individuality because because was it? I think in, in a way, book?
5: like, cause at the start of um her, like right at the start of her thing, she talks about how like she wants to like at the first book or something, like there's a bit about her wanting to fly. Like she misses flying. She like looks at the shuttles because she wants to fly again.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, and then the way she gets to fly is by like fighting her previous people. Um and then in like the third book, she has that struggle where Keys wants her to fly again against her gets out of it and she really doesn't want to so i think for her like she has always wanted to fly but flying has been very tied up in war and killing people she cares about or at least knows um and at the end she does finally have the chance to separate that out
0: yeah
5: and so because we talked about chess and it's fitting let's move on to chess who we meet as part of hound squadron and then riot squadron uh teamed up with will uh she seems a lot more carefree back then, I guess, because she's still riding on the high of the Death Star being destroyed. <laughs> she loves to fight. Uh, she briefly has a thing with Satanic before Satanic oh. dies. Um, she like loved that beat. An they they were like, OTP. That
1: it's just like a flirtation. I love that. I love that, and I love that it didn't go anywhere. Also,
5: yeah, but she still thinks of Satanic. It's very yeah, good. I think yeah. it's
2: wonderful I think that's really wonderful
5: yeah it is wonderful um and then she ends up in the Orator cluster with Will it gets shadowing and that's where they give shadowing names like Blink and Char and others i have now forgotten those are the only important ones I guess Blink is the only important one um and Lashley gets traumatized by that hi Spud um see <laughs> Spud's ear in the corner of his the- <laughs> face <laughs> can you hear him he's purring so loudly no you good. okay good <laughs> um she very much has the not hero complex but the idea of she has to sacrifice herself to do what's right because the idea of living past the war scares her because she doesn't know what's going to happen yeah that's um, the
0: opposite of a hero complex it's, the, like, it's not uh, even like a martyr complex. i was about to say a victim complex but no it's not a victim not a victim complex yeah
5: i mean she complex. does have a bit of a martyr complex because she doesn't want to just become a martyr
0: but does she want to become martyr like I, I don't get the sense that she wants everyone to like remember she her forever as like this person who gave up everything for a cause you but know? she
3: does kind of she like does though. by jen Urso. i guess that's exactly feel, what Jin i'm Erso not sure
5: how much Jin gets remembered
1: right she has a story in mind for her rogue one oc maya halleck and that's story. <laughs> It's her first OC, so it's pretty much the same story as Jin, just color shifted so that she's green instead. So that's the ending for her. It's just the ending she expects.
0: Sure. I feel
2: like it's more that she wants to mean something to somebody, but she thinks that the only way she can do that is by doing what Jin did. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Which she is very clearly wrong about, considering she has been the
5: first book trying to die constantly and everyone else's squadron stopping her.
2: Right, we'll literally say, we'll look, like, what the fuck are you doing?
1: Yeah, I, I just can't get over that she keeps using the name Halleck. Like, it's like yeah. if I went into, I don't know, some revival tent somewhere and said, like, I'm here for the faith healing, my name is Megan Skywalker. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but yeah. now you have to do that at some point it. in your life. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be making Skywalker now. I don't know
1: if we have faith healing tents around here, but I'll see if I can find one.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I've said this before, but I just find it so interesting that she like <sighs> martyrs somebody basically who would have hated it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jin would. It's, have almost, it's that. almost like it's almost like Free did it on purpose because <laughs> that's like not what Jin would be about. I feel like if Jin was still alive. And she found out somebody was doing that, she'd be like, What the fuck are you doing?
2: <laughs> yeah, but Jin's yeah. not still alive. So it's not, it's, no one can do anything about it. That's can't the problem. someone
1: who's dead. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But like, she you can't have meet to, or hear her
2: hero. Like, Chess has apparently been in so many cults. And like, <laughs> the few times she's like talked about like her mom or like being in the cult or like when she was younger, right? It seems very much that no care was ever taken for. Chas right and like that's the I feel like that's where a lot comes from is that you know Chas is always talking like always using her name like someone finally please fucking remember Chas because yeah, like yeah. she's always just been part of the group before like nothing about her was important individually and I think that's like what that's like the one thing that she wants but everything is so messed up and it's wartime that it's like, how can I be important? How can people remember me? Oh, I know, I'll die. <laughs> and it's just,
1: I mean- <laughs> maybe...
0: <laughs> It's such a like zero to 60.
1: <laughs> maybe this is- a Like try writing a like, book first maybe. Stuff, even the stuff with Anique, like she likes him because he's a storyteller. She likes him because he is a person who Remembers other people's stories and tells heroic stories that are deemed that he or whoever or the audience has deemed worthy of importance. So I think you might even be able to see it there. What she's really interested in is is that level of like legend. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And makes
3: total
5: sense. And like makes it like he gives her he actually gives her care as right. like Tinder and stuff. So I think all of that ties in. Wow, thanks, Fried. Really no, put it right in the style of the book. Really put it right in <laughs> style of the book for us.
1: <laughs> just the gift um, that keeps on taking.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I really I really relate to her in the whole playing music very loudly while you drive thing. That's very really oh, Yeah. Relatable. I love that part. yeah yeah, screaming along to it. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah, did, did love when she decided that actually she'd rather listen to podcasts while fighting in the third book. No, <laughs> no. Stick no. with the music.
5: See, when I'm in a space where I want to listen to podcasts instead of music in the car, it's
0: generally not a great
5: space for me to be in. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from us, Rogue Podrin. It's, rug like to it's better
0: to listen to music than podcasts.
5: Oh, no, I made, the, I made a mistake. I didn't mean that. <laughs> listen to us still.
0: If you're listening to a podcast right now, you should stop. No.
5: People, man, no. Listening to Rogue <laughs> Podren in the car has apparently been a bad idea in the past. Yes, so that maybe is... don't listen to
0: us in a car. Yeah, <laughs> listen to us at work and don't get anything do done. Not, do not operate a motor vehicle <laughs> while engaging with Rogue Podrin. Um
5: mm. And in the end, I guess like, like Chess's big character growth that we see is that she has multiple opportunities in the final book to actually finally go out in that blaze of glory and realizes that she doesn't actually want to die. <laughs> the reality of it actually hits her um and she finally. gets saved by steel and she peckers. even reaches a point where she thinks she is going to die yeah the steel pickers came for her um they were not and yet she
0: realizes at the steel end that dying sucks
5: meg they were steel peckers Let us know. no they weren't it was the 120
0: <laughs> it was 119 no, it, was, it was the 120 were just behind the steel peckers Stop it. the steel peckers
5: were the star of the show no there were no steel peckers <laughs> They were on Jakku, they were Steelpeckers. I hate
2: Jakku.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the Steelpeckers just had like, it was the equivalent of as if like a 1000 people gave us a five star review on the same day, like a literal starship battle. Like the thing, the only thing that you eat to live raining down on their planet (laughs) constantly. (laughs) Like that was the best day of those Steelpeckers lives. (laughs) So much steel. It was to like pick Cloudy with a chance of meatball, but from the Steelpecker perspective.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, for a while, her worst fear does happen at the end where she's alone. She runs out of money. She's disabled and can't fly anymore, um, which is really scary. And I was also and really sad for her when that happened.
3: And then she finds herself at Quell's door or whatever that line was.
5: Yeah, she finds herself at Coel's door. Um, she realizes that people actually do care about her and she doesn't have to be alone at the end which I think is her big thing. <laughs> um,
0: and I just, I love that this is, this is the end game is these two, like the two most emotionally distant of the five end up together. Is just so poetic.
5: Yeah, it rhymes. I think they're the two that needed somebody else the most as well.
0: Yeah. Yep, yeah. And sure. I'm happy for them. I'm happy
5: for them. It wasn't my own defeat, but I'm happy for them. I'm happy that Chess has someone because she really needed it.
0: <laughs> well, and you know that Kairos is there too. And, and, like, Quell knows it, and Quell senses it, yeah. and Kairos she, knows it. So she's, you know, however you want to interpret it, you can have your OTP still. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> she also becomes a gay wine drunk,
2: so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which okay. are
0: two among us. So, so Chass, honestly, is, Freed? Chass is the true millennial icon of the yeah. group.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Freed. Thanks for making Chas a wine drunk. <laughs> <laughs>
5: um and then we have our boy will Lark, who we meet as a previous hero of the rebellion because he was there for the death star fight um and he even saw darth vader's pyre which was an unexpected reveal in the third book and i do know it was darth vader because there's nobody else who it could have been yeah luke it was Luke Skywalker standing in front of a yeah. pyre. See, no, I didn't like, get confused by this one. This one didn't. This one didn't confuse me. Okay, this one was fine. I figured it out right away. The other giveaway was all though. the
0: steelpeckers standing right over the pyre, <laughs> just waiting, waiting. <laughs> we'll get our chance yeah, in a moment. Yeah, that did give it 80. away. God damn it! that small God. infant just stole the helmet. We wanted that. <laughs>
1: i can't believe this book dramatized the twitter should vader have been redeemed discourse and said something interesting about that
0: right yeah Yeah. alexander free should weigh it on more Star Wars twitter hot takes
2: i don't know if i want
1: to bury them in novels though because that's the safe way to do it yeah
5: Yeah. don't tweet it that's the safe thing is don't even tweet (laughs) <laughs> he
2: cried that is the same <laughs> way to engage in stars yeah. don't ever should
0: i can't believe i forgot the part in chapter career. 21 of shadowfall where he yeah. you know where will lark said in fact the holocaust could have been prevented if only we had screened the phantom menace in the 40s
2: <laughs> what <laughs> ash just took up the parts. <laughs> so <laughs> senator <sorry>. will lark <laughs> i'm sorry senator will lark is my baby boy and i love him <laughs> He must be protected at all costs. Yeah,
1: and a good podcaster. Well, hmm. I mean, it sounds like um,
5: Vital
0: K- was a better Patel podcaster, was but better he tried cluster. his best. Yeah, yeah. Will fell into the trap of like having too narrow of an audience. Like when you're okay. making a podcast, you got to think about like who your audience is, and you don't want to have it too broad. You don't want to be too like make it for And for Will, it was like my audience is literally blink yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> i was so surprised that will was still trying to contact blink in this third book because i thought that he was kind of over it in the second one and then it's just like no my son please stop
5: to be fair he was trying to contact her he just made a bunch of messages and was like that's a bad idea he never sent them so he that's kind fair. of grew so that's gross. And then bit. he
1: turned out to be a good podcast, yeah. like network producer. Yes. Yeah. This made good good art for him.
0: It was kind of a to all the boys I love before situation, really. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. Mm. Definitely.
0: Blink found the letter.
2: Yeah. Mm. And then instead of just calling, Blink cripply came to Will's house instead. Instead
0: of them being in a fake relationship for a while.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, the, Blink showed up, like, it's that it's that creepy Twitter story that has been going around about that one woman who flew from Florida to Oregon. Oh god, to like, Blink is that woman confess oh, no. her love. And it's like, you could you should have just called. You should have just
0: Yeah. A text you didn't message, have to show email. up here
2: like this. This is actually puts me in a very bad position. I wasn't ready for this. Especially because you have a
1: bug called what Blink has love. More like terrorism, I think.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh anger. Um at least her father didn't drown her and her sister when they were babies, I guess. What the? F- okay, we're not, <laughs> what we're, okay wait, we're not talking about Blink. We're, we're talking, talking, about, Will. We're talking oh, about. we're talking about Blink. We're talking about Will.
2: We're talking about Will. Um, I mean, I feel like I've gotten to talk about Will so much during the episodes, but like, <laughs> um, yeah, there were just so many times where it was just like, "Oh, Will, you precious idiot," uh, because he still, he still really wanted to believe that people were going to be good and that people could change (laughs) and
5: And in the end like like he's wrong but he's not because that Thai pilot finds him and helps him right Like, like
2: yeah he's wrong about some people but I think he is vindicated in that it is worth it to try even if the people that you try to change and the people that like maybe you really care about and you really want them to turn around maybe that doesn't work but that doesn't mean that all of your hard work was for nothing right yeah you can still help people even if it wasn't the ones that like you really wanted to
5: and yeah he did help people yeah and there's that whole bit about him and like the type of laughing like brothers or whatever and i was just like oh
1: uh Finally, you have a relationship that's not parasocial with the other side.
5: <laughs> oh my god, Will is parasocial with
1: him. Will Aww. is extremely parasocial with Blink.
5: You're right. Oh, that poor boy. we Will get off Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we all
3: knew that guy in high school, or maybe this was just a uniquely Ash experience, but like, I had a friend in high school that was very obsessed with his like girlfriend, and they broke up, and he just could not get over it. I don't know if that's know. a universal experience, but that's no universal.
5: Yeah, that's <laughs> very universal. Yeah,
3: yeah.
5: <laughs> Unfortunately, he's like borderline obsessed
2: with his ex girlfriend. I remember at the time being like, "Oh, buddy, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta stop writing. You gotta stop recording hollow messages. Number one." <laughs> but I don't send them. Don't record them. Why? Like, just don't.
5: Just don't stop don't it. do it in the first place. Go to therapy
2: talk to literally anybody else about this um even talk maybe not chess not chat okay
5: (laughs) not literally literally. everyone
2: else go talk to Hera about this or Vatel Vatel seems like they've lived a lot you know I do love Vatel we love Vatel or Ragnall Ragnall like knows what's going on I feel like like if we talk to Hera's advice would this be Hmm? stop recording messages
1: what would Hera's advice be I feel like Ash might have an answer
3: yeah. I feel I honestly feel like Hera would be incredibly understanding, but then like in her head be like, I thought I had to stop dealing with teenagers a long time ago. <laughs> but yeah. she'd probably be like, "Listen. I under I understand kind of what it's like. It's a very different cer- set of circumstances, but we're not going to get into that. But it's going to be okay." <laughs> she'd probably just give him a little pat on the shoulder and be like, "It's going to be fine, yeah. Will.
2: You'll <laughs> be okay." Yeah. She'd be like you need to talk to somebody outside of alphabet squadron <laughs> yes. all of you are too this is a terrible echo chamber
1: yeah <laughs> i like how you're making a gesture of like a horrible rhombus or something
5: Yes, <laughs>
2: it's pretty good it's pretty I good representation it. of it because they have like so many different problems and different
1: traumas that they're dealing and, with. And like some of the them intersect. is very complicated.
2: Yeah. yeah. But some of them go are completely different. And it's just like, what is happening here? But like, talk to somebody outside of that. Someone who That's feels not secure. Blink. Don't talk to Blink. <laughs> right. Don't talk Someone to Blink. who feels secure in their person on our side. There's a whole ship of people here on our side. <laughs> go find a Please go find Wedge. And Wedge is like, man, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. Maybe Ekbar. Okay, you know what? Go find Pash Kraken.
5: Yeah. Kraken knows what's up.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Luke Skywalker, but number one, Will already doesn't trust Luke's decisions. Oh, yeah. Two, I don't know if you want Luke giving any kind
3: of relationship advice himself. (laughs) Hera just (laughs) writes him a note to Kraken that's just like, please deal with this, Hera. (laughs) Take
2: this to Kraken. Please give... Please, dear Elder Kraken, please introduce the small boy to your small boy. Thanks, XOXO hair. (laughs) That's what we really needed. Yeah, Pash. Because Pash also flies an X-Wing. He gets it. Yeah. Uh X-Wing? A-Wing, sorry. I got confused for a second there. I mean, Pash did fly an X-Wing. Yeah. Very briefly, because he just really wanted to be part of X-Wings. But anyway. I mean, who among us? Who among us? Um, Who among us? Yeah, well... Right. Like Will Will, I think on paper, I mean, has such a great ending of like he's doing really important stuff now. Um, really like changing the galaxy, making the new republic better, kind of stuff. Um, and you know, it's his way of fighting without ever having to pick up a gun again, which he's never going to do. Um, but oh uh, that last, that last Conversation with Nath Tenzin. Mm.
3: I feel like Will is probably our best depiction so far of a pacifist in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Much as yeah. I love, yeah, she's clearly painted as the wrong side, and pacifism isn't inherently like a bad worldview or ideology, right? right? It is bad in certain contexts, and pacifism is one of those things. As a, I'm a pacifist and i firmly believe that it's not something that you can try to shove onto other people and be like no you shouldn't be doing this it's more of a personal and i really liked that will became a pacifist but didn't but wasn't like you're a terrible person if you pick up a gun again it's like i just can't do it right Right. um and i really appreciated
5: that we actually got like an actual genuinely good depiction of someone with pacifist ideology yeah and I mean he was proven right because in the end if he hadn't been on the deliverance yes um and stopped Cedia from like she, she the bomb blew up but it didn't blow up in the engines or whatever right. so it would right. have like it obliterated wasn't... the ship yeah yeah so like he gave everyone time to get away um so in the end he was right <laughs> right
2: and he was he... right all along yeah and it also like Right, the ways of him calling, you know, the 119 to be like, hey, come help look for survivors, you know, on Jakku, right? Um, And like, those are the ways and him running around the deliverance, like doing what he can to make repairs or pull people to safety. Like that is also important and um, like a worthy thing to do and not just the fighting aspect. Um, And so, yeah. That's, I didn't even think of that, Ash, but that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Damn it. I was going to make a joke and now I've forgotten what the joke was. <laughs> no jokes. No jokes, only seriousness.
5: It was a great joke. I promise you that.
3: I no joke, only that.
5: hating Nath Tensin. Just, just hating <laughs> Nath Tensin. And speaking of hating Nath Tensin, Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Nath Tencent. <laughs> 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 Who I... flies the Y Wing. It is a Ash piece of keeping shit.
0: us on our transition game here. <laughs>
1: Can I make a. a an Exclusive rogue pattern only, uh, secret <gasps> reveal. <gasps> yes.
4: Um,
1: my shameful secret reveal is that once a while ago, somewhere around book two, I wrote a Quell Nath fanfic where they like made out angrily in a hallway and then decided never to talk about it again. Can I mean, yeah! you seen this That's to me? And I gotta read this.
5: That's canon. absolutely,
1: I'll send it to you. Thank you. Hell That's yeah! 100% oh, yes. canon, <laughs>
5: yeah, that is canon. That absolutely didn't happen between them. That's um,
1: all I have to say about that for yeah. now. Piece of
5: shit, oh, yeah. Nest who is an ex-imperial. Um, I mean wasn't part of Cinder, so at least <laughs> everyone trusts him a little bit more than you're well. not as um, shitty as you could have been, man. Yeah, it could have yeah. been shittier. Right. Uh has like made it clear throughout all the books. I say
3: I say that like my favorite Star Wars character isn't Aiden.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Got some questionable characters I love in there. Um his whole thing is that, like, he wants shadowing because they destroyed his entire previous squad. Um, he was always, like, about profit and piracy and that stuff, but he did genuinely care about his previous squad. And that shows in how he was protective of his new squadron, but still never got super close to him- them. I think a large five as well, he's got that Imperial, like, loyalty but not necessarily love kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, and that's mm-hmm. hard to break out of. Uh, but we definitely made fun of him because of his Y-Wing, and he deserved it. Listen, Quite honestly, in the end, he,
0: absolutely.
2: he, the only, I would only say that a Y-Wing was an upgrade for him because he's ex-Imperial. Yes. That's the only way y Y-Wing is an upgrade. At least a Y-Wing has a shield. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs>
3: you're not as shitty as a TIE fighter, but... Well,
2: congratulations.
3: <laughs> I still love That's that, that very came low off of the bar. fucking plot
2: point um, that <laughs> TIE fighters don't have shields. Right. Okay, but <laughs> Megan... Like, I yeah. definitely believe that like, absolutely, Nath and Erica have... This oh, is, I don't yeah. have anything Ingr-
1: smart to say around here, because I just think Nath is hot, and that's all I've got. So. Nath is I still like
5: the thing of like, he's, <laughs> in my brain, he sounds like the drifter from Destiny, and see, I was like, I'm in- attracted to true. him now. Right. Yeah. And a problem. And yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and that like... I can't see, I can't see pictures, but I can hear that voice perfectly in my head, and I'm like, oh, now I'm attracted mm-hmm.
2: to Nath. Mm-hmm. Saf's, Saf's Thick that sh- that she wrote me about Nath making out with Will after after he broke up with him, um, and and Will she was like, with Nath making I'm, out." Well, I'm li- I'm leaving. It's just like,
1: "Well, I'm pissed." <laughs> We're gonna make yeah. <laughs> I think Nath is the ultimate like
2: hate love person. Yeah, yeah. angry or makeout the, like,
0: man The reason he's making out all the fanfics because that's the only name thing he learned how to do.
2: It's the only thing he can do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here of the New Republic, Nath <laughs> we talk
1: about. I mean, this is on topic for, I believe, this uh, point in our very, very formal outline here, which says that Nath uh, grabbed an extra beef patty. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: guess he wrote some of these notes. It's, Ned.
4: <laughs> it's true.
2: Yeah, he
5: was described as very beefy in the
0: third book.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Actually, like, what happened Big yeah dude. <laughs> what happened
0: he was coping by pumping iron
5: yeah, yeah. found out freed heard our podcast was like gotta make him beefier now
2: gotta make him beefy
5: <laughs> the fans <laughs> like him beefy fans love him beefy <laughs> <laughs> beefy and mad that's our boy mm-hmm. <laughs> the only characters I like can be described as beefy Yeah, and, and a, like in a way he also ends up doing like following Will's kind of ideal and mm-hmm. that he brings the um ex shadowing pilots together and like is like well maybe i can do some dirty work for the new republic kind of thing um so he still wants to help out with the good and also like does follow will's dream eventually and helps find those people and i guess it's his way of doing the reconciliation project that will does is that he knows that some people can't be reconciled in the justice system but they can still help they can still be better they can still be part of like a family basically
2: yeah, but he goes and he gets Nord Candy. Yeah, he gets Nord Candine of all fucking people. He's like, okay. He need like he like I think we said it in the last
5: episode. He needed to find a new stupid boy to take care of and Nord was a stupid it's Nord. boy. <laughs> it's Nord candy. Shit,
2: did Rickton die? I feel like Rickton died. Rickton died.
5: Well like, oh, that's the person. Kairos
2: and Chass, um, when they were leaving with Erica when they were shooting like the droids and stuff and things collapsed. He died then. Oh. Yeah.
5: Wow. Well, R I P. RIP Rickton. RIP um, to the boy that wasn't an idiot. We liked him. We like, liked Rickton. He had a bad path We liked him. Right. And he unfortunately met Devin who was cool. Uh- <laughs> yeah, Devin who we liked. But Devin did try to get him away from the Imperials. He did. He did. It did not work out. It didn't work. Um
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh he's a big shot idiot putting together a crew mostly comprised of former shadow <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's him. There's Nath Tenzin for you. Um, Yeah, and I like that like Will is still keeping tabs on him as much as he can of just being like, he's alive! Yeah. Like, he's alive and he knows where to find me. Yeah.
1: I feel like Nath is the answer to the question of what if Han didn't turn around and come back in A New Hope? And Aaron disagreed with me because he said that Nath Han was nicer than Nath and that Nath had like a Kind of enjoying conflict streak. I don't that think more so than Han, but
3: I don't I think, think New Hope there. Han is nicer than that. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, interesting. Empire think, Strikes Back Han, definitely nicer than that. Yeah. But not New Hope. New Hope Han's kind of a dick.
2: <laughs> I think people are fooled by Solo, right? It, like Solo kind of retcons that Han Solo wasn't as in it for himself as he appeared. In
1: a new race right, he so couldn't just. just be a drug dealer because that wouldn't be
2: right but like that's <laughs> not you, acceptable if you haven't seen solo that that han in a new hope very much nath Tenzin. yeah like, self interested
5: i think I you're think right that like yeah a very similar comparison with like nath being one that didn't come back
3: <laughs> they right, both have this validated. quality they both have this quality about them that's like i think they think they're a much bigger asshole than they actually are
5: yeah mm-hmm.
3: I think they both have this thing where it's like, I'm a a scumbag smuggler. Nobody wants
2: to love me. Meanwhile, there's like three people being like, hi. (laughs) Hi, we love you.
3: I love you.
2: (laughs) Meanwhile, every other thought Nath has is, does this make Will proud of me? Yeah.
3: Yeah, And Han is just the one that accepted that love eventually. Right. This is like
1: literally only for the small Venn diagram of Destiny 2 players and people who read the series, but like that's big Guardian and Drifter energy, also.
5: It is, yeah, he is big Drifter <laughs> energy and it's great. Megan, you see any, any right. more videos of the Drifter because I know you'll love him. He's great. Um, all right, let's talk about Kairos very briefly because Wait, hold on, <laughs> hold been, on. Okay, okay, There's you got more to one say.
2: Point. T5 okay. was and is the real hero. T5 <laughs> yes. is the
5: real hero. The droids in these books, great. T5. T- five,
2: always beautiful always helpful like loyal like t5 is just the greatest and i'm glad that he's still that they're still with will even six years later
5: t5 going with will is like the the best best. the best best. yeah okay all right i will talk about kairos i can talk about kairos kairos whom i love who's very weird i love getting a weird a weird alien a weird character in star wars it's so good. Like when we finally get her point of view chapter, um chunk in uh Victory's Price, I lost my absolute mind. It's so good. Um just seeing like a completely different interpretation of the universe and of everything else. Just great stuff. We don't see that very often. Um and she's kind of like her entire thing is like the a metaphor of <laughs> alphabet quadrant. <laughs> her entire existence. Um cuz in the first book she's like very brutal uh against like shadowing um like her whole thing is being very scary kind of but still being there for the team second book she's out she's out the entire book like she's taken out right away which bodes very badly for the second book like (laughs) it's a bad omen (laughs) and then in the third book she is the one to finally pass judgment on quell and her judgment i think kind of frees quell a bit because kairos is what's left of adan and ito who she very much saw as like her judgment in a lot of ways she, um, forgives her. she forgives her and then she forgives her and she helps her stop bad things from happening very bad things from happening and then she goes off to be somewhere beautiful and be something new and I think that's beautiful and I love her so much and for some reason my brain she looks kind of like a lizard lady with pink scales I don't know why I don't know why in my brain she's a lizard lady with pink scales but she is um and it also gives us a great moment of um between her and hera of Hera helping her and being fully understanding of like a totally different species and yes. culture.
3: You think her- Hera probably understands that a little bit too, right? There's not a lot of Twilix in the mm. in the rebellion, right? And Twilix, Twix, Twilix, whatever. Twilix have um kind of this might be like a headcanon thing, but I'm pretty sure it's been in a couple different, I think it was in uh inferno squad. Twilix kind of have a a reputation throughout the galaxy, right? That Hera doesn't necessarily conform to. So I think maybe Hera French. would.
5: <laughs> I mean,
0: all into yes. French accents. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hera notoriously <laughs> yeah. not a fan of baguettes and cigars.
3: I mean,
5: Hera has the accent, but right. uh, she just covers it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Anyways, I've had my little this... moment about Kairos. Does anyone else want to mention Kairos or are we going to let Ash talk about Hera?
0: The scene between, I mean, its we're transitioning here already, I guess. The scene between yeah. Hera and Kairos was just, like, mm-hmm. definitely a standout moment for me.
5: Yeah. Just two great characters. Kairos yeah. really gives everyone a chance to shine just as themselves.
0: It's true. Yeah.
1: I really liked the bit where, um, so you can really see the wheels turning in Kairos' head when that thing with about the judgment happens, and you can tell well she has this sort of alien... Balance, I idea of balance. I'm making a scales gesture with my hands that <laughs> isn't fully understandable. But then also she says, like, I feel like you are my sister, and I really liked that. But I was also kind of disappointed that the, she then walked away. That's not a very sisterly thing to do.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I understand family. why, but I'm oh, also I don't like know, it depends on your sister.
1: <laughs> you know.
5: <I> know. <laughs> Sorry. and Yeah. And, like, I guess there's that bit at the end there where Quell is, like, people know that her and Kairos, like, had that kind of relationship. And Quell's, like, she can find me if she wants. Like, there's I think, that hope as well.
3: I think at the mm. end, Kairos did have to walk away, though.
5: Yeah, right. War was, like, she was kind of similar to Will in that War was, like, poisoning her. And also Quell. Like, a lot of them kind of had that issue of, like, it was poisoning them. They didn't, like- they really needed to get away from it. And Kairos...
3: Like she stays Once again, as the
5: omen of the squadron. She leaves and finds peace. And that's what everyone needs to do.
3: Like she stays as long as she needs to, but she needs to leave in order to become the best, most beautiful version of herself, right?
5: And Quell helps her do that by pointing out that her ship can be a chrysalis
2: and that she's not totally ruined. Right. Like she didn't ridiculous. believe that she could be healed and like transform again until Quell said that. And like, yeah. that's really wonderful. Um, and Kairos
5: kind of did that for her in return
2: yeah yeah most yeah.
1: tactful quell has ever been really truly yeah
2: <laughs> seriously it was a
3: really beautiful moment between the two of them it was it was really good
5: yeah cool. like i said kairos gives you run shots to shine <laughs> should i right. should i talk about Hera now
3: yeah ash
0: let's talk, talk about Hera. mom so, so meg i'll be honest is just the best
3: yeah oh we great. love meg Aww. she's
0: always been so supportive of us even Aww. though we're constantly disappointing her <laughs> <laughs>
5: Not
3: constantly.
2: Just like (laughs) Alphabet Squadron. Just like the crew of the ghost.
0: Even though sometimes she gives us advice with the best of intentions, knowing full well that Mm. we're not going to follow None of us are going to listen. But we appreciate that she's
1: literally sending her children into a war zone.
5: That's true. Mega's definitely doing better in here in that way.
1: Shout out to the oh. one Rebels reference in this book that was as depressing as possible. Just like a yep. vision shot.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really went right for the hot there. <laughs> True. Anyway, Ash. it's like
3: every time Freed is like, I'm going to reference Rebels, it's depressing as hell. Like in Shadowfall, it it's like, oh, we could use a Jedi. And Hera's
2: like, yeah, Ooh. we're really
3: good. <laughs> it's like,
2: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that hurts, buddy.
3: I, um, so I'll be honest, I'm not a big, I'm not like a hundred percent fan of Hera in the first two Alphabet Squadron books, but I really do think that Freed got it right in this one. I think she really is Hera, and I think she's as true to the characters she's probably, you know, been since Rebels. Um, and I thought she was amazing. That's, I, I love so many things about Hera. I love that she, but like, above all, I think I love that she cares about people, like, and cares enough about people. like under her care to ask them what's really going on with them you know she uh and you can tell she misses her like kids her family but that she doesn't let that like stop her from from growing closer to other people too you know she's not like oh well I lost my kids my son's somewhere else my other son is off riding space whales probably
0: (laughs) 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 who knows where he is living his best life
3: Living his best life. Because <laughs> um, I, I think of the ghost kids as like Harris' kids. And I feel like she probably thinks that too. But oh, she definitely that's does. not me
5: projecting at all. <laughs> I mean, no, you're totally right. They, they definitely are our kids.
3: <laughs> but I love that she just is like, she has that conversation with Cairo. She talks to Quell. She talks to pretty much everybody on the team. And she Genie hugs Knight, Quell. She hugs Quell.
5: That's one of my favorite moves in the world. Just
2: incredible. Books. Effervescent. <laughs> Effervescent. <I> mean, <laughs> um right it's it's Hera thinking in her head like am I going to like punch her or hug or like right what is she what does she need right now and it's truly the it's truly Hera as a person and as like a caretaker that she's like Quell is in trouble and we'll deal with that later but like what she needs first is to show that she's welcome here and that we're glad that she's not dead. <laughs>
3: yeah, and that's the thing about Hera that like it's kind of the simultaneous like greatest thing and saddest thing about Hera. She always like compartmentalizes her own feelings yeah. for the betterment of everybody else around oh, her. Like, like she. that's like. <laughs> yeah,
5: I would, I would <laughs> never re- re- I would never have
0: that. Never.
3: I've never struggled with that at all. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're all full of shit. You all struggle with it constantly. <laughs>
5: damn it, Dan! You don't
3: call us <laughs> How dare
0: you? Notice my use of the second-person pronouns. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, like, in her relationship with Kanan, right? Like, she puts that to the back burner so she can help everybody else. She doesn't think that... My interpretation of that is that she doesn't think that she, like, has... Like, either deserves it or, like, has the bandwidth for it. And like she loves him, but she has other things she has to do. She doesn't really take many things for herself, which is why I greatly appreciated in this book where she was like, After this, I'm done.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I have a kid that I haven't seen. I have a kid I need to actually raise. I haven't seen him in a really mm-hmm. long time. And good for her. <laughs> good, good for, for her. her.
0: Do you think she really was done? Yeah.
3: I, I like to think so.
0: Yeah. Did she get it. It wasn't an act bar situation. No, she's done.
3: I think hmm. the end she's done for a while of- at least the end of rebels we see her flying the ghost with jason her kid um and she's just kind of flying around the atmosphere of Lothal. Mm-hmm. so i like to think that's her just taking jason on a ride you know that she's settled down on Lothal and like is raising her
5: kid i mean jason's old enough there that w- that, that must be set off to alphabet squadron right yeah 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 so that's her with her kid Almost all Jason's like eight in that, yeah. In that. Jason's like an
2: actual honest to God child at that point, yeah. Yeah, I think she was probably out out until like Exegol, yeah.
3: If that's even her in Exegol, it could be her kid or somebody else who knows. I, I mean, it's, it's the ghost, the I'm gonna say it's her. Was talking about before,
1: of like the, the good, the happy ending, not being continuing to go to war, it's going back to the people that she loves, yeah. I'm trying to keep a cat from eating my tomato seedlings.
5: <laughs> oh please!
1: Um, you brought up something about um, her flying at Exegol too. Which, what do we think about the uh, whoever in Alphabet is flying at Exegol?
0: <laughs>
3: it's got to be Quell, right?
0: I think I think it's Nath Tenzint.
5: Oh, oh do no. we know that somebody Why? in Alphabet is flying in Exegol? Oh yeah, we know somebody in Alphabet is so
2: flying. Someone alphabet's flying. Alpha um, Z- I think
0: Nath is the dead by then. Right.
2: I think it's. Quell and Chas in one of their like cargo ships, but then they Aww. souped it the fuck up.
4: Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> like, bombs and stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like
2: Chas was like, "I've been waiting for this," <laughs> and like both of these like Chass older is, like, women with cane right? up. Yeah, like we like, my way! It I love that. they kept one ship that does have like guns and stuff on it because they're like never know when we might have to run from the law um even though they're both (laughs) fine but they have those paranoid tendencies right that like something's gonna happen Cass has just
3: been adding like guns to quell's ship and quell's just like okay
2: what What are (laughs) you doing whatever you you need honey (laughs) and chas is like just in case (laughs) just in case yeah
1: Chas is like, you know, that's technically like double illegal because of you being who you are, but that just makes it more fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That makes it even better. Right. Chas puts more guns on the ship and then they make out. And like, it's.
5: (laughs) I think that's canon. That's the answer right there. That's canon. Yeah. I accept no other answer. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I guess there's Um, no canon answer, right? Because something would have to come up in the actual material for there to be a canon answer.
5: Yeah, I think there's no canon answer, really. Um, Karen Adan and Ito are there. I just want to mention that they're there. I love Ito. Uh, It's very tragic how Ito ito goes. It's really tragic. Uh, D6L was also there, who we love and is also (laughs) tragically gone. Just lots of good droid content. Adan was a piece of shit. (laughs) Adan was a piece of shit, but he regretted it, and I guess that's what matters. (laughs) He helped Quell move on. That's Mm -hmm. all. That's all that matters there. Uh, And And then the the therapy droid helped her move on. Well, yeah some fucked up way it worked um questionable therapy methods uh Twilight Company was also there for a brief moment which was amazing um I just wanted to shout that out because I love them so much and also to show that Twilight Company's still around they're still around
3: you gotta think that just Namira is just so done with it at this point right
5: I really hope after this that they fucking take a break
3: <laughs> you won't you think anymore. i feel like the only way namir is gonna walk away is if brand grabs him by the scruff of his shirt
5: <laughs> and like drags him it's i mean
0: like, that'll probably like end up happening heel marks getting behind underneath his shoes yeah yeah. yeah
5: gadrin has to just pick them both up and walk away. <laughs>
0: it's just, I mean, one
5: under each under each arm i was gonna just... say
0: gadrin can pick both them up but he's still got two arms to spare so no one okay, arm to cover, spare.
5: So. there's also a cover and um what's her name the sharp Isn't and bitter Carver one
2: dead carver's Carver. dead Seth. they don't
5: tell you the cover you don't see the body um who's the other one carver's the one with the bitter dead. and sharp sharp and bitter whistler oh, I forgot my name.
2: Okay. oh the one that danny voiced yeah, yeah her
0: Fuck. Um, don't... My, the only thing my brain is saying is paliel Cedia. no it's not Cedia. um no, my
5: remember. brain is saying vital who was also previously a twilight company um not in the book but she mentions it in the books oh okay um yeah no i actually went through i I went and looked it up because she mentions her sisters in the in the 61st and i was like she's in twilight company but no it's only like stated that she joins him um Mm. on Troyth or whatever um oh my god i can't believe i've forgotten her name that other woman in twilight company see i know who you're talking about gadrin's got four arms four people it's good
0: (laughs) i just want to shout out they were there arms at this point but don't worry because who's being held by one of the arms is holding the fourth arm in one of his arms
1: yes i love them so much forever underrated so. shout
5: out to them it's the shout 61st, them. right shout yes, out. yes the 61st i can tell because i can look up and i have the patch on my wall <laughs> shout out to the 61st, 61st mobile forever and in our hearts mm-hmm. heart. i just love the constant references to the cat i remember i <laughs> i remember i messaged megan after reading it. i was like hey megan uh and the mirror didn't die right <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were trying very hard to be very secretive about I what was... was going on and you succeeded you know
5: okay it did work okay good I don't
1: remember how far I'd read in that part honestly but yeah they're so important they're so important and I'm just <sighs> glad they're constantly slightly to the left of where the camera is pointing
2: yeah I love to on an to asteroid the where the camera is not pointing. yeah I love that <laughs> he's just stuck so on an so asteroid
1: so the whole time yeah, so designation
3: is left
2: <laughs> so so he's very
3: that it does feel like look it look has very top. big twilight company energy though they're still yeah.
5: <laughs> oh man so many i love that book i love that book for that so much um all right let's talk a bit about shadowing we don't have talk about them much but they do exist as the main antagonists of ow god damn it <laughs> 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 this book oh no <laughs> mainly uh colonel Fucko bucko catman in case the worst the man we love to hate
0: yeah. the man
5: we really hate to love um because we loved him as Devin so much. He was a great guy. He was, a, that book led us on a wild ride of being like, who is this Devin man that's unrelated to everything else whom we love and is very great. And right at the end they we were like, fuck. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, like,
0: had, I enjoyed reading about Devin and compared to fuck o sorin like Devin was pretty palatable, but I feel like in real life, Devin would, Devin is like the, the like the backpacking world traveler who's like super enlightened because he's like, travel the world i mean the thing is he's not even that he's trying his best to avoid things
5: he wants to act like he doesn't know shit and just like live his life but he can't help but help people
0: i agree with is... all that and also he strikes me as a white man with uh cornrows so
5: oh no absolutely not then <laughs> he's a cat man
0: no i'm talking about devin not sword keys oh I no <laughs> <laughs> there's no way so
3: bad oh my Thanks for the visual
5: image,
2: Danny. <laughs> it's awful, but I can see it. Yeah,
5: I can't. I can't. Well, I can't see anything, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my brain, for the record, in my brain. <laughs> okay, um, tough. off. the fuck up. The um, thing that I latched
1: onto with him is that he has this sort of mantra toward the end of we're right because we're fighting for each other. And I think that's used a lot in media is like the good guys are friends and they're they win because of the power of friendship right but this is almost the inverse of that where it's a bunch of people who are very wrong who continue to think that because the people around them agree with them the thing they're doing is okay and
0: almost like a cult it,
1: yeah i guess almost so like fascist Whoa. ideology um mm.
0: yeah right. someone i think so, was a staffer meg said earlier that like the they're not a family just because they're all loyal to each other. Like and yeah, I've been thinking that about that ever great. since you said it because it's just like yeah, like on the surface of it, loyalty is like so important and, and a really key characteristic of who you would call your family. It's people that you're loyal to each other no matter what. But yeah, that like that ideology piece can't be ignored. And if your joint ideology is wrong, it doesn't um make you right. It doesn't make you right just because you would do anything for each other, even though that is admirable in and of itself in an isolation chamber
1: it just makes me think of that line about there are more of us in the rise of Skywalker which was so I found quite sort of empty and uh, like are you right does it really make you right if there are more of you and also were there really more of you there were a lot of those cult guys there were a lot of those cult guys yeah so
2: many cult guys
5: (laughs) yeah did we count Uh, are we sure (laughs) are we counting all the ghosts right (laughs) (laughs) um I also really appreciate that early on (laughs) Paul makes it very clear that there's not a romantic thing there <laughs> she's like like because she talks about how they were quite close and everything and he like it was like not intimate but like spiritually intimate i guess i don't it really know very easy to it. interpret it that way yeah the but clues. she's and like
0: just said from the get-go like that's not what we're doing here folks mm-hmm. yeah
5: she's like it was never romantic and i was like cool still awesome. slightly read it as romantic myself because i'm like that that's
1: interesting because i'm also like that and i was about to say i didn't see chemistry between them But Saf, you and i have the same bad taste so i'm surprised (laughs) i did (laughs) it
5: like i yeah uh yeah i am a little bit ashamed of that just because i think it's like the last the last bit with them really like gets me i really like at the end there where she actually directly she followed him for so long and, like, took a lot of her beliefs from him. And he was the person that eventually pushed her out of shadowing. And part of the reason she went back is because he went back. And she's like, but he is my moral compass. Um, and no. in the end... Percent
1: of my impulse. Yeah.
5: Well, and in the end, she realizes that her moral compass is broke because he's not a good person. He's uh-huh. a bad friend. And they have that moment. And even, even at the end, he's still trying his fucking best to help his people. Um, which is, like even quell isn't sure they're gonna get justice to be fair and she's not wrong like she's not entirely sure that he's not wrong but she knows that he's not right either and he dies he dies in a really sad (laughs) way, but also thank god he's gone good riddance goodbye and good riddance but i really did love his character a lot i really did
0: a very compelling like primary villain yeah very much like the shadow of Hera a different way that we haven't seen in Star Wars before and I really appreciated that
5: like I fully understand where he's coming from because that's the way the empire has trained people to be but almost just like you aren't right man you should have stayed as Devin
0: yeah
5: oh my god um and then we have Cedia aka Blink who we actually got a decent amount of in Shadow (laughs) Fall um because her and Chess are together somewhat um I have a question. How many people realized that the person with the red hair was Blink?
2: None of us.
1: I I knew she was, like, important because she was described in such detail, but I
5: wouldn't have called it for Blink. It was the vocoder that got me. Hmm. Because in um, Shadow Wing, she gets all messed up and, like, burnt and everything and has to have the thing. yeah. So when I read that, I was like, I, like, didn't right away realize it was Blink, but, like, over time I was like, I think that might be Blink. Just because of that. But also, like, it was very well hidden. (laughs) Like... It's very rare that Freed doesn't give a side character a name, which is kind of why it stood out to me.
4: Mm. Sure.
5: Um Right over my head. Totally missed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it took me a little while, but eventually... Like, I wasn't sure I was right, but I was also like, we haven't heard from Cedia this whole book, and that's weird. And also this character has a vocoder and seems messed up, so maybe... But I wasn't entirely sure until it was actually revealed. <laughs> um, yeah, she's kind of... Ah, she, she's the worst, honestly. (laughs) She's the worst. Yeah. She's just the worst. I have nothing more to say about
2: her, but her final monologue was very funny. It's just, you, you, you didn't have to say those things you didn't have to say those things you didn't have to talk about your parents having intimacy like just right you didn't have to talk about how your dad didn't your parents didn't drown you and that's how you came to be here you know that's not what will means
1: like, i love how that's a little detail like every character has a little hook that helps you remember them and for her it's her parents didn't drown her because that's how these books are
2: <laughs> right vote quarter? no i'll never remember that yeah but <laughs> Her
5: parents didn't drown her. Good for her, I guess. Great. I think she, did. she have a twin sister? Or I think she mentions that or something. But there's also Dorita who, there was also a second Dorita, which was very surprising. Yeah, so many Um, Doritos. There were so many Doritos. (laughs) Uh, And then finally we have Nord Nord Canteen, who I just want to bring up because he's a fucking idiot. Nord. Um, How it started, blood sacrifice to a robot dressed in Imperial robes with Papa Palpatine's face hologrammed on it how it's going offered himself up as a slave to the droids for a year because quell didn't stop him from thinking their mission to nidalek was an order from said robot dressed in imperial robes Ugh. with papa palpatine's face hologram on it that's
3: <laughs> right that wasn't do. even what they were there for Yeah,
4: oh. but cool.
3: i do not <laughs> I do not understand why star wars keeps insisting on using these shitty palpatine robots from battlefront 2
2: <laughs> i oh, don't understand we love those fucking robots I love shitty robots. It's described as the
1: corpse of the droid at one point, which yeah. I think is an attack.
5: Yeah. Um, and also the yep. the surgeon, or whatever it's called, is like, this is more bio, like, biomechanical than anything else. Oh, and I'm like, horrible. biomechanical robot. <laughs> so gross. I love it. So, like all the yeah. things we could bring back from Battlefront 2. <laughs> I mean, we yes. also brought back Cinder. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> and I mean, two the robots ordered order Cinder. The robots ordered Cinder, so they're kind of a part of it. Um, oh, I,
3: actually think the- those- I think those robots showed up in a comic first, so my mistake. But They showed yeah, up in the they- Char-, Char Bay comic. Oh,
5: yeah. They Had turned Empire. up a, a lot. Um, I guess because they're kind of like the carriers of Palpatine's final words. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Nordkandine is an idiot. And he was there from the first Book? Maybe not the first book. At least from the second book. Cause he fucking gets beat up at that party um for being a piece of shit.
2: Right. And the second book is when he offers up his blood to the Yeah, he also offers his blood. And that's um, not He's is like, a- just like, oh nah. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: you fucking out. We're not doing Pirates of the Caribbean. Get out of here. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and then fucking Nath picks him up. <laughs> he goes to like give his blood to something else and that's like no like slaps him aside the head he's like no more blood sacrifices there's not allowed in
2: the squadron (laughs) no like can i give you a blood sacrifice and that's like no (laughs) no let's not come on man just be part of my crew i just
5: just
0: need to give a blood sacrifice to someone like it's just my thing just let me have
5: this he has this extra blood (laughs) he's like just be just be chill
3: (laughs) be chill dude He just has a bag of blood already in his bag.
5: Ew. He takes uh, out.
0: Like, you're oh, into man. knitting and I'm not judging you about it, so like, let me have my thing.
5: can't take Nord, Nord anywhere. <laughs> you cannot take Nord anywhere.
2: <laughs> because <laughs> then he'll that- offer himself up as a slave <laughs> for payment. I love that his first, like, <laughs> <the> quality leaves him alone for like five fucking minutes, and he's already his offered first- himself up as a slave. <laughs> his first mission outside of the Yadis, <laughs> and that's what <laughs> happened.
1: I really enjoy it's that true. you guys recontextualize this as very funny and him being stupid because I found this whole scene very disturbing. Yeah,
3: it was very <laughs> distressing, honestly. I like so Padre get-
0: recontextualizing disturbing scenes since 2015, baby. <laughs> it's
3: true. Yeah. This is how we get Waru in canon. It's oh, no. just fucking Nord Candine no. offering <laughs> Nord. <laughs>
0: so anyway, last time we asked you which moment in the Alphabet Squadron trilogy gave you the most feels. We all answered this right away, but I think maybe we've had some time to reflect on it. Maybe we want to give an updated answer, and also we want to hear from Megan too.
5: I would say my updated answer is doesn't exist because it's still the same thing of the Who What Where, which I found out the other day through uh, the um, there's like the game Who's There, right, which is like the card game, um, or whatever. Uh, apparently, there's a ripoff called Who, What, Where, and that was very distressing for my flatmate to be like, "Oh, you can just buy Who, What, Where," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh no!"
0: The card. G- oh my god! I, I don't want to play that game. We're not playing
5: that game. Right. We don't
1: need that kind of energy. No, <laughs> no. we
0: don't bring that into the house.
1: <laughs> so I think that's
5: still my favorite bit.
1: I think um, there are so many. The part where uh, Erica fights Ito is up there. Oh, that yeah. whole the last half of Shadowfall. Yeah. But also the part where after Will has been talking to Blink and just finally like stops doing that and then the Rebels, um, excuse me, the New Republic, start their radio show and somebody comes on and starts singing and they start making it into something for themselves instead of this weird parasocial lonely thing Will had going on. They make it into an actual community thing and that really
3: got me in the heart feels. Yeah, that's really powerful. I think mine is still the Kanan reference.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because
3: I am who I am.
5: <laughs> yeah. And that is very, this is very gut punch, honestly. Yeah. Just because I wasn't I...
3: expecting it. I was like, here? Now?
1: Really? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's an appropriate reaction to a lot of things
5: in this book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this now. Come on!
5: Really, right <laughs> from my salad. <laughs> yeah, I still find it so funny how we all went into these books, be like, "They're all gonna die. We're prepared for this pain. It's gonna be fine." And he still fucking surprised us by not killing them. Truly, masterful work and um, surprising us all.
0: Yep. Uh, um, mine also remains what I said last week, which was the epilogue. It really just kind of has has sunk into my heart and brain a little bit but i also wanted to shout out the sequence where quell comes back as everyone has discovered her secret um oh right man the of Shadowfall fall and just like the panic attack that follows and then of course everything <sighs> falling apart immediately afterward. yeah it's it it hits me in the feels in a much different way in a way that makes me want to run out the door and scream and just never stop running <laughs> that's a big merge. What, yeah. whatever those feels are those are the feels that that one hits me in <laughs>
1: it was a very like um secondhand embarrassment kind of scene
0: yeah yeah but like secondhand panic weird. attack is that a thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah
2: For sure um yeah i think
0: yeah because
2: i mean mine was talking about like will um last time th- the like the epilogue um and everything that happened there last time and considering when i talked about it earlier i started crying i'm gonna say that's still it so <laughs> yep that's fair yeah
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we had some lovely responses from our listeners. Odie said, I think we need more freed, but that, oh, Saf, you should read this.
5: Okay. Oh, yeah, I can do this. Okay. I think we need more freed, but that may just be greed speaking. There's a seed of a story sitting in that may be more some people's speed. Thank you, Odie. Right. I appreciate Shout
1: that. Shout out to Odie always.
0: Talk amongst yourselves, Herbo, when I found more responses. Oh, we're uh, gonna talk okay. amongst okay.
1: Oh, I can bring up a thing. Yes. Um, So when the Mandalorian came out and there was a character called Grief, G-R-E-E-F, I thought that's such a freed name because it sounds like G-R-I-E-F. So it just gives it this little sparkliness of sadness. And it was, of course, not a Freed name, but then a character called Grief <laughs> appears in this book. And I was, yeah, what? I'm rude. I
5: was <laughs> 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 like, goddammit, Freed.
3: You gotta love that Grief in The Mandalorian is probably the character experiencing the least Grief. Yeah. Truly, yeah. At yeah. Different oh, <laughs> truly yeah, the grief
2: most is... well-adjusted person in The Mandalorian. <laughs> grief is just vibing, honestly. He's, <laughs> of, he's now in control of that entire planet. He's love. a grandpa of a cute baby. like. Hey. He's having a, great, a great time.
3: time. <laughs> the only grief he's going to experience is kicking Mando's ass next season when he shows up without the baby. Right. Oh, he's going to be so
5: mad without the baby. What did you do like with, my with my grandson? Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, bringing it back to Alphabet Squadron. Again, the question is which moment from the entire trilogy gave you the most feels? Seth said, ha, depression is fun."
5: <laughs> <laughs> Word. Wow, yeah, that really, yeah. Mm
0: x-wings yeah. in history said it's hard to imagine a story coming out right now that is more my speed than alphabet squadron re- was with a note that resistance reborn 2 would also be exactly my shit more wedge with the side of unabashed Poe. hell yeah <laughs> my emotional oh. stick out moments for each book are taking a little uh tom the fanboy leniency with the rules here x-wings uh (laughs) number one the long slow chase through the oradol cluster as the new republic pilots coped with loss and their own certain deaths number two quote you're a torture droid again aren't you oh
5: that just gave me shivers
0: number three nath's pilots and the 204th have their own brutal private war over jakku and play who what where as a competitive sport
2: yeah it's bullshit yeah
0: Liam said, thanks Ma'am. to X-Wings and History, I am very sad about Nath leaving Will behind and their relationship throughout the trilogy.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> Anyone else sad about that? Anyone else want to weigh in on this?
2: Yeah, I'm quite sad about that. You're not a good man.
0: <laughs> Kevin said, the part which broke me the most was probably Erica, Karen, and Ito at the end of Shadowfall, as everything slowly fell apart into death and misery, especially Ito reverting back to being a torture droid again. Just unbearably bleak. But I also spent the entirety of the duel with keys and victory's price convinced Will was going to die to the point that I found it very difficult to make myself finish the chapter.
5: Yeah, I was very scared he was going to die.
0: Yeah, that definitely felt like the moment.
5: Yeah, I was like, okay, here
1: it goes. Like here it, it goes. Don't like it. Brace Don't for like impact. It.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yubzy said, recency bias, but the conversation between Hera and Nath about what to do after the war had me yell my heart out loud. Yeah. Jay said, the whole war crimes. (laughs) What?
5: Fair? Danny, don't do Jay Jerry like that.
0: (laughs) Sorry, my audio cut out. Jay said, the whole war crimes accountability conversation between Hera and Mothma at the end of the book. I don't know if emotional is the right term, but I get frustrated at Star Wars' handling of this subject, but Freed handled it perfectly, which I suppose should not have been a surprise.
5: I'm shocked that the answer for Jay ended up having one Mothma in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: character, character That's growth. Character happened growth happened for all of us. I really love the I'm not sure if this is an emotion, but
2: <laughs> yeah. I love you, Jay. That's a very Jay <laughs> emotions. I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That that was such a ooh, what a good conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another yeah. definitely another high point for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. dylan said the part of ab squad that probably got me the most are all the times sorry the parts of ab squad that probably get me the most are all the times that erica attempts to connect with her squad mates only to abort and flee at literally anything rejection acceptance a pause one second too long made the epilogue feel that much more cathartic
5: the scene with them at the jedi temple in the first book sticks with me mm-hmm. god it was so close <laughs>
4: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they were so close, but Quell didn't even go on the whole field trip.
5: Yeah. But... <laughs> no, Quell had no idea what was happening. She was like, They don't need me. They need a bond without me. And it's like, No, no! I need a bond <laughs> with you.
0: And finally, Tom the fanboy said, The scene with Quell and Ito really got me. The fact that he loses his sentience in his attempt to help her touch the dark side via pain is what really gets me. That's and, then and then there's a, a link to a video smashing a magic eight
2: bowl oh no no i don't want to see that
0: no. i don't like that no i don't that's want to look at
2: i don't very i very don't want it dismal. i don't want it
0: i would like no. to give a glistening tears falling out of my eyes to every one of our listeners this week yeah, yeah i think yeah. that's
5: fair. <laughs> i think that's fair yeah lots and, of glistening tears speaking that's of beautiful. well
0: began do you want to give a special guest glistening Bodhi, since that's a a, a unique uh, Oh, honor that you get to bestow
1: this Ooh. is very unique i have to consider this very carefully i don't know if i've ever received a glistening booty but i can give one <laughs> i
0: don't know not to like, like call probably you right one of us, but i don't know that your name turns up a ton in our no, listener responses it does not because
1: i don't um, you all your listeners are funnier quicker than <laughs> i am.
5: Let's Sometimes see. it's not Let's... the funny ones that get us.
0: Let it I be known that we love you enough that we would love to hear whatever you have to say. <laughs> and you shouldn't compare yourself to the others of your squadron. Because you... we
5: make fun of everyone else in here a lot. Truly.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I think I'm going to give it to Jay for both his very in-character uh, response and also his evocation of IS oh, yes, emotions as <laughs> in IS oh, <yes>, Reapers. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, also, thanks to Jay, I was inspired to write this week's listener question. We're going to make you be real with us one last time as we say farewell to the Freed Alphabet Squadron trilogy. Hopefully not farewell to Freed. Um, This week's (laughs) question is, what character growth did you experience over the course of the Ab Squad trilogy?
2: Oh, no.
3: So many things. I wasn't on this show when Ab Squad started.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. I, mean, I need and apparently you consider that character growth. <laughs> I need to go back and listen to to the episodes over this week. Uh, I
5: mean, my, uh, I feel like i definitely... I got more like Quell, so I'm going to try and think of something more optimistic than that. I feel like
3: I've definitely <laughs> experienced c- character growth, but whether it's in a positive or negative direction
1: remains to be
0: seen. <laughs> it's all relative.
1: I mean, I'll say that I do think I became less like Quell. I became more... Touch with what my own emotions were, and also that um, I also became less like will. In that, I think in the beginning I was doing a lot of like chasing after people whose approval I wanted or whose attention I wanted. And over the course of this book, and not like totally unrelated to this book, I basically kind of got over that and realized that it's not, um, it's not like I don't need to chase anybody. Um, because I have my own friends and my own squad, and that's what matters. That got real cheesy there at the no, end. No, that's great. Honestly, Honestly, that's so wonderful. Had,
5: wonderful. You know what you say? Well, that like, I'm very, very emotional things. for you. <laughs> I did have similar growth in that. Yeah, I stopped chasing other people for approval and everything. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I do have my own people, and they do matter. Yeah, and they love me.
1: It's weird to have this book that is like so, um, so unsentimental about that be the catalyst for that, but. Mm. I think it worked. I think I'm a more... Uh, yeah, no, it did work.
2: <laughs> Aww. I love you, friend.
1: Oh, I'll say about that. You get all my secrets in this episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we love secrets. That was lovely.
5: All right, <laughs> listeners, hit us up on Twitter with the answers to our question. Um, at Twitter. no,
2: nope. <laughs> Our handle's on it. Just at Twitter. Just that, Twitter. You, yeah, you
5: do Just it at Twitter. Find us on Twitter. <laughs> uh, at Rogue Quadrant. That's our thing. Um, our email is roguepodron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepodron.com. I didn't think of something funny for this. I failed miserably. Um, if you want to be called a fucko bucker, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash roguepodron. You
3: <laughs> you've put
5: so much effort into these Ab Squad books. Like
3: the, the copious notes, the keys bits, seriously, all of it. You deserve To
5: take you deserve to take a (laughs) little break, stay off. You you
3: deserve not
0: to have to come up with a Patreon bit for this episode.
5: Yes. Look, I, yeah, that's fair. Um, subscribe by the Rogue Potter feed on your favorite podcatcher. That's the right word. Yeah. Um, if you steal an Imperial Trooper's helmet, sometimes you'll hear us on there too. (laughs)
1: <laughs> if you hold it up to rain your ear, reviews- like a
5: seashell yeah yeah exactly yeah it, it is like a <laughs> seashell you hear us in the distance like the ocean
3: <laughs> also if you hold
2: up a seashell you might hear us <laughs> yeah sometimes you'll hear us
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, you might hear yeah. the faint sounds of Saf's laugh every once in a
5: while <laughs> <laughs> that's just a bird in my house yeah um rain reveals on iTunes we have no reviews this week uh, that's very sad <laughs> how dare you we're so hungry that's very sad <laughs> that's
2: okay we were fed by secrets this episode <laughs> yeah we had we had delicious secrets <laughs> and emotions all right uh megan do you want to tell everybody where to find you at
1: Sure, pretty much you can find me on Twitter at blog full of words. I write for Den of geek starwars.com and Star Wars Insider. I've also been using my like books Tumblr more which is whispersmith at Tumblr if, if that's a thing that you do.
5: Great. Megan's writing is really good. Go read it. Thank you.
2: Saf, your writing is really <clears throat> good too. <laughs> thank you. All right. So thank you, Megan, for coming on for this episode. Thank you, Megan.
0: Um,
5: Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you, guys. It was great finally having you on.
2: Yeah, I, I
1: always I walk around my neighborhood um, and listen to podcasts. And when I listen to Red Padron, it's by far the number one episode for me. Bursting out laughing in the middle of a suburb, and then wondering <laughs> if anyone is looking at me.
2: <laughs> That's our goal. That was a five star review right there. That was a five star review. <laughs> we
0: should have sold, and our oh, we missed the we missed the timing on this. We should have sold like face masks that said something like, you can't tell, but I'm currently laughing to Rogue Padron on them. Oh,
5: damn. That's really good. Damn it. That's cute. Okay, yeah. next pandemic. There we go. <laughs> oh,
0: no. We're set for merch <laughs> to the next pandemic.
2: <laughs> all set. Well, speaking of being all set, next time, we'll be bringing you a super duper special episode where all of our remaining and very important Alphabet Squadron questions will be revealed. I promise that you will not want to miss it. Also make sure you pick up your copies of the first book of the Jedi Academy, a trilogy Jedi Search, because that will be the next book that we are reading while Danny is adopting a camp and it's going to be up to us to make stuff happen. So that'll be fun. (laughs) I'm going to write special notes so I can
5: tell them to Danny afterwards. Yeah,
2: it's going to be
3: good.
5: So fun.
2: With I that, think we need
3: to add a segment that's just stuff we need to remember to tell Danny.
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs> just yeah. about our personal lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, with that, this is Rogue Podred signing off. Pash out.
0: Hit it, pew, Megan. Pew!
2: Pew, pew, Yeah! yeah!
3: <laughs> pew, 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 pew,
5: Thank you so much, Megan, for coming. It yes, was we'll again you. on the podcast. Thank you
1: for having me. I had a great time, and also. The fact that you're doing the Jedi Academy trilogy is hilarious, <laughs> and I look forward to it. I can't believe Saf is so... going to reveal her true feelings about
5: Exar <laughs> I'm so excited for Exar Oh, my God.
0: Oh, I shipped I Saf no and Exar so hard. Me too.
5: I had no idea Exar was going to be
0: it. <laughs> Team Saf Carcoon all the way. Saf
5: Carcoon! <laughs> off the tongue.
2: <laughs> Saf Car-Kun. Meant to be! <laughs> oh, no.